Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls preview podcast with Phantom Bruco supporting us. Well, it's a slightly more upbeat one this weekend. Uh, as you may have noticed, if you're a Reading FC fan and you haven't been in a coma, Paul Ince has been sacked and Noel Hunt is now the leader of the mighty Reading Football Club. And to help me talk through it, I've been joined by James Earnshaw from the Reading Chronicle. How are you doing, James? Yeah, yeah, I'm getting I'm all right, Paul. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Um, uh, I hear you've been a little bit ill, but you've you've braved it because you're rock hard, aren't you? You're just like one of those men who just can take the pain. Yeah, a tad under the weather, uh, but you know, I survived just about through uh, a last minute defeat to Preston, so I thought I can roll over and uh, and answer answer the prayers of uh, Elm Park Rollers today. <laughs> always, <laughs> always. I can tell you that was absolutely grim that last minute, mm. but it did feel inevitable. But God, that was horrible, wasn't it, James? Yeah, it's one of those ones where had we lost like 1-0 or 2-0, you would have been all right with it. But to claw yourself back in it and then just to find another way of losing, you just think, how many more different ways can they find to hurt you, this football club? And like a stupidly scuffed clearance to go out for a corner and then the ball ricochets around one header, two header. And the minute the ball was in the box, I just thought, oh, for God's sake, it's coming. And then I've never... I think, to be fair, Preston was one of the loudest grounds I've heard this season. Um, the the roof went off when, when that goal went in. And I just had to sit there, having already cheered when we equalised, thinking that I was quite smug, thinking we were going to steal a point. Sit there and take my medicine of having everybody jumping around. And I was like, oh, just why? Why do I do this? And why do we do this to ourselves? I never doubt the ability of Reading FC to find uh, new ways of giving us pain. You know that, James, don't you? I mean, it's just like they will find a new way. But less than 24 hours after that, we appointed Noel Hunt as a temporary manager. If you want to listen to our thoughts of me, Alex and Matt talking about the in-sacking, there is a podcast available, which is titled Ints Out, Hunt In. It's very imaginative, that one, isn't it? You don't. You, what's the point of mucking around, James? But... What's your thoughts on it? Do you think it was the right time? And what was your kind of relationship with Paul Ince? Uh I think at the right time, no. I think it should have happened a while back. Um, it doesn't make it any less sad, though. I thought he genuinely did want the best for the club. Um, obviously, I'm you know, fortunate enough to, to get a bit closer to these people than, than sort of other people are. Uh, but genuinely a really nice guy. Um, sort of did everything, went above and beyond to help me in my sort of first role. It, we sort of... Um, came through together really in many ways sort of his first away game was my first game sort of in the role um so we sort of sort of worked out how to do it together um and yeah got on with him really well but it was it was clear that it, it got to a point where it couldn't continue and um a change was needed really just for a fresh impetus and, and a fresh voice um and yet yeah, probably should have happened over the international break because now Hunt's got what, three or four less games and obviously we're now in the bottom three rather than just above it uh so it doesn't give hunt sort of a great deal to work with but you know free hit ready for him now he can't you know if we go down it's not really his fault and if he keeps us up then he's a hero so you know he's got everything to to win and, and nothing to lose yeah totally i think there's um a lot from that isn't it because i think most fans will probably think we're not certain down because we're only two points behind. So we're definitely not absolutely clinched a relegation in any way or form. That's not something you want to clinch, is it? 
No, it's going up. <laughs> you want the clinch, isn't it? But um, yeah, now let's hope that he does come in with some positivity because he really has straight away in his first presser today. And here's something that he said that I absolutely love. So I just want him to go out there and, and enjoy the football. And um, I want us to play uh, forward as much as possible, to be honest. I want us to play um, with a smile on our faces and get on the ball and not be worried to make mistakes um, and be brave. You just gotta love that, James, haven't you? I mean, you spoke to him today, but even reading his comments and seeing the videos that the club have put out, I can feel like more upbeat about it. Yeah, well, that, that's that's exactly what the appointment was there to do, wasn't it? To give the fan base a fresh lease of life. He's a already a playing. I mean, so what do you think on this, Paul? I say he's a club legend, but I've, I've been called out a few times for saying that he's not really worthy of a legend because he only played 150 games. But well, I, I, I call him a legend. If you don't think he's a legend, are talking bollocks. Because yeah, um, he's a championship a winner yeah. and we only have two teams that have ever done that to get into the Premier League. And he played a key part in it. So I would definitely yeah. have him down as a legend. Yeah, that's what I went along with. But yeah, he's 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 done what he's there to do. You know, the fans have got a new lease of life. We're on track for, I think it's on track for the highest crowd of the season on Saturday. Um, Saturday really is a free hit if ever there was one. But, you know, there's a... A bit of a feel-good factor about the place, which is very, very strange considering where we are and sort of what a daunting next sort of three weeks we've got coming up. But positivity is is all we've really got, Um, you know, because if you can't be positive and you haven't got hope, then what have you really got? Yeah, well, this is one of the things I, I, I've loved about hearing him talk today was the fact that he was so upbeat, talking about progression. You can't make any mistakes under him. It's all about solutions after you've done that. It just seemed to be the polar opposite of Paul Ince, which, as we discussed before we started recording, if you do the opposite to Paul Ince right now, you're going to be very popular. Um, yeah. Obviously, the results will show. But, yeah, Saturday is... is that Would you say that is an ideal match for him? Because he can't come out of that, really, unless it's absolutely horrific, mm. that bad. Yeah, I mean, obviously, an ideal one would be... Well, see, I I'd normally you'd say bottom of the league, but even the where we are now, I wouldn't fancy us necessarily to beat the bottom of the league convincingly. You, you ideally, obviously, you want to pick something up in the, in the first game, but Saturday, all we have to do now is is given a decent showing of ourselves and and sort of begin to put into play what he's been sort of preaching, um, sort of to to the media and to, and to the fans and something a bit more expansive. Obviously, the fear is against Burnley, you go expansive and you'll get picked off. Um, but yeah, it's a free hit, isn't it? Because even if we lose four 0 people will be going. Well, at least we didn't lose five. Um, we just got to sort of keep ourselves in, in with a touching distance, and hope that results go our way, and we only stay two points, and and not what well, could be potentially five points come the come the end of play. But you know, we've got three games this week. I know they're all playoff chasing teams and automatic promotion chasing teams for Luton, but you know, two home games in that, you know, a bit of a feel good if they can. Show a good performance of themselves Saturday, a bit of momentum going. You know, Hunt will know all about momentum, what with the 11-12 team and sort of where they went with a few results and a run. Um, you know, you've got to keep in touch with the last two games and, and then, then it really is just take your punches and, and go into the last two games and, and win them because that's, that's all you can do now. Yeah, totally. Um, as you'd expect, there's always injuries at Reading. Yeah. Um, there was also like a... Uh, spotting of Ovia Jaria on social media. No, it wasn't Ovia Jaria. <laughs> it was Jack Sanger. So that caused a little bit of waves. Uh, it does sound like Ovi won't be back until possibly the last game. 
Yeah, all the uh, all the conspiracy theorists were well and truly out yesterday, um, but no, it wasn't Ovi Jaria, and he hadn't, wasn't even sure he'd be ready for the last game, let alone for any of the others before that. Um, so unfortunately, Ince hasn't taken the injury curse with him. Uh, obviously, the players that were injured are still injured. Um, a few are back on the grass, like um, Junior Hoylett and Tom McIntyre. Um, but again, he said they're they're a way off yet. So as as it was uh, for the last few weeks, over for at least this week, uh, and who knows? Sort of. Hopefully, if you can get Ince back and maybe Long back or Hoylett back for the Huddersfield and the and the Wigan games, they could just be the sort of key players you need. A little extra bit of quality that can make something happen in the last couple of games. It sounds like from uh, Hans Cummins that uh, Tom Ince is keen to be here. So that would be, um, that's a kind of interesting dynamic going forward, isn't it? The fact that his dad was obviously a manager. There's no news flash there. But kind of, how's that going to work out? Because they'll think there would be interest from whatever division that we're in next season for him as well during the summer. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one because, I mean, he's, he's a professional footballer. You know, in his mid early thirties, sort of, he's been around the block. We shouldn't have to feel the need really to question sort of his professionalism and and whatever else involving his dad. But it's always obviously a a strange topic because it doesn't happen very often, and everyone's interested to see how it's going to go. And we already know he's quite a fiery character. But you know, whenever he's on the pitch, you can never question his commitment to the cause. He obviously signed for Reading before there was any inkling that his dad's. Could, could at any point be in charge. So the presumption is it's as it was. I mean, obviously, we aren't prior, privy to exactly what goes in and, and the you know, incomings and outgoings sort of in the dressing room. But all we can do is take it at face value that, you know, he's a, a mature, you know, a man who's been, been around football long enough and he knows how it works. And, you know, his dad was never going to be in charge forever. He's played, you know, excelled at Derby in places without his dad being there. And there's no reason why he can't do it here for the next couple of years. Well, if he comes in and has an impact in the last few games, because it doesn't sound like he'd be playing on Saturday, that would uh, be absolutely amazing. There's been no social media action from the players in relation to the Pauline sacking, which, I don't know, that seems a little bit surprising to me in 2023. <laughs> yeah, it's another weird one where um, sort of it's the kind of norm where you see sort of players come out and, and talk in support of the manager and, you know, say, sorry, we couldn't do enough and, you know, it's normally all talk because you know the players should have done that before he got sacked in the first place. But it has surprised me because I always got the impression he was a very popular figure among a lot of the players, especially the likes of Andy Carroll and Tom McIntyre and you know the players that he brought in himself. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe the club, you know, suggested that they not say anything at the minute and and try and you know give off the impression that they're focusing on nothing but the last five games. Um, I will probably never truly know, but I'm sure he's had a few personal. Um, calls or, or texts from players and, uh, you know, whatever Ince wants to do next, whether it be punditry or, or golfing or managing, you know, he's uh, he goes with, with my wishes. Well, well, we'll find out in the next few weeks, won't we? I'm sure he'll be popping up somewhere mm. on the Sky Sports or <laughs> BT Sport. Wow, BT Sport, what a place that is. Um, uh, so let's move on to the dreaded moment now, James. Uh, we don't enjoy this with Reading. What is your prediction for Saturday against Burnley? The team chasing down 106 points, absolutely mm. crashing the league, annihilating everyone. Yeah. I don't want to build any pressure on you, but I think we know which way this is going. Yeah. Probably. My heart says 1-1, one, one. Uh, you know, that will keep them a bit like the Leicester game in 2013-14. 
uh, although that was enough to let them not get 106, whereas Burnley would still draw 106 with, with a draw. Um, but my head says 2-0. So we'll give it a good go, but we'll come up short with a goal in each half. I'm going to go for, unfortunately, 3-1 to Burnley. I can't see anything else but that. And this isn't a reflection on Noel mm. Hunt or the players, actually. They're just way better, aren't they? I yeah. mean, the league doesn't lie at this point. At least we score in your prediction, so that's something. Yeah, no, well, we have been scoring a few goals recently, but no more than one. But we do yeah. score in most games, so, you yeah. know. We'll just but will Andy Carroll yeah. start? That is the big question. That, that's the, like, the last one for you, James. Will the big uh, AC9 be starting? Yeah, I think AC2. Oh, I see two, yeah. yeah. In my head, in my head, I just see him as a striker. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I do, I do think he'll start. I think he's too big a character and too big a player not to start. The hope is obviously that you get a width around him and crosses into the box, or good crosses into the box because they've been absolutely shocking in recent weeks. Um, but you know, four three three, get your wingers, get them wide, get crosses in the box, and let Andy Carroll head them home. Um, but yeah, that's my hope. But then four four two, maybe you know, get someone up there with him running off. Who knows? Who knows how how uh, Noel Hunt will approach it? Probably five three two, just like Paul Lintz did the whole time when everybody was moaning with a back five. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, whatever happens, if we do score an important goal, we do know there will be absolute limbs in the Doland and probably part of the Medeski stand because there will be about five million children there on Saturday. <laughs> so uh, get ready for that. So keep listening and uh, we'll have uh, the second part with Joe from the Turfcast talking to Matt Lansley. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of the Elm Park Rules preview podcast. Obviously, now we are flipping over to preview the champions elect of the championship for 2023. Obviously, we're going to be previewing Burnley now. And to do so, we have got Joe from Turfcast. How are you doing, Joe? Yeah, good. Thanks. How are you? Not too bad. Not well. A lot better. A lot better since the weekend. Now Paul Lintz has gone. It has to be said. Um, but we've yeah. we've previewed him and the goings on. This is about Burnley. This is about the Champions Elect for twenty twenty three. What a season you guys have had. I don't. I don't know how else to kind of paint it up. You could be champions, crown champions at the weekend with a Sheffield yeah. United loss and a win for you guys. I mean, just give, give us a bit of a an overview of this season for you guys like you say it's difficult to to put it into words put it this way like i'm 35 now i know i don't look it but thank you everyone for saying that um <laughs> but it's been my favorite ever season following burnley and we've achieved quite a lot in my lifetime for, for, for a town the size of burnley that like burnley's got like 75 85 people living in it it's a very small town um and we've won at old trafford won at anfield won at the emirates um and Blackburn, you know, which I didn't think we'd ever see us do with uh, well, how, how, how crap we were from my childhood. Um, that's that's the biggest result of the lot, surely beating Blackburn. <laughs> yeah, it is, honestly. <laughs> when we first beat them, um, I think I was 25, 24 when we first ever beat them in my life, like because they were winning Premier League titles when I was a little boy and we mm. were in Division Two. So, you know, I never thought I'd see, uh, I'd see us do that. Obviously, qualify for the Europa League as well. Some people will be nitpicking and say, well, you didn't technically qualify, technically qualify um, which I guess is um, factually correct. But, you know, we finished seventh in the Premier League and then played three games, six games, actually, um, six qualifiers uh, for, for for the Europa League. Ultimately fell one game short, which, um, 
yeah, he's a little bit gutting, but you know, I've, I've seen my team play in Turkey, I've seen my team play at the most decorated club in the history of Greece. So for a town the size of Burnley, that's that's something special. And I've I've witnessed all that, but this is my favourite season of the lot. Like this is my favourite one. It's not it's not the most that we've achieved. Obviously, we've won this league before. Last time we were in it, we won it. Um, but yeah, this has been my favourite one. It's just the way we're playing and the goals that we're scoring and and we we're just talking a little bit off air, but I'm, and I'm going to games now expecting to win them. Like, there's no dread. There's no like, oh god, what, what's what's going to happen today? It's all like, oh, what's going to happen today? And that's such a good feeling. Like I've never have, even when we won the Premier League, sorry, I wish the Championship under Dyche, there was still a little bit of oh, but you know, I think it was Middlesbrough that, were, that weren't far behind us. They were like, oh, Middlesbrough and Brighton, like oh, they could be winning if they win. There's so many points. Like I'm going into games and we're 14 points clear at the top of the table, you know, and it's been that way for quite a while now. Not that much, but there's been a big enough gap to just be like, let's just enjoy it and not worry about Sheffield United's results, not worry about Middlesbrough's results. So, yeah, that's the best way I can describe it, just by saying, like, look at what we've achieved in the last 10 years, but this is still my favourite ever season following Burnley. Mm. Now I can I can completely completely see that from your side and uh, one one man obviously came in at the start of the season it would be criminal to yeah. kind of overlook him at this point Vinny K Vincent Company um, I mean he came in a relative unknown even kind of when we played you guys earlier in the season I mean I think you were top still when we played you earlier in the season but um, you know he, he came in at the start of the season unknown what's going to happen and I mean we talked about it before that first game at Huddersfield it was totally different and I mean since then. The winner's mentality he's brought into this team, seemingly looking in from the outside, it's reminiscent yeah. of those Man City days, you know, the Centurion team that he was a part of and everything. Yeah, honestly, he's uh, a, few, a few of the lads on the podcast that I do um, call him a mentality monster because that's what he is. He, he just doesn't stop. Like Every time he talks, he's talking about stuff that he's done during the week. Like Obviously, there's a recent international break where a lot of our players were on international duty. Obviously, the championship wasn't playing uh, because of that. Um, Vincent's in Denmark watching games over in Denmark scouting. Like Again, some managers will just send the scouting team out. He's there with Craig Bellamy and his, his assistant in Denmark watching players ready for the summer um, for when the embargo is lifted and the transfer window opens. But um, yeah, mentality monster. And again, you could just see, like again, we are talking our first slightly, weren't we? But um Obviously, one promotion on um, Good Friday, played Sheffield United on Easter Monday. We weren't terrible. Uh, the, the red card helped, admittedly, but I expected us to be quite lethargic in that game because if you look at the the scenes on the team bus up in Middlesbrough afterwards, they're all drinking Moretti's and stuff and that. Michael Obafemi's doing these weird dances on table and things like that. They're all having a party on way back from Middlesbrough. I'm thinking, oh, they, we'll, we'll get beat on Monday, but I'm not bothered. Because um, even if we got beat against Sheffield United, we'd have still been eight points clear of them. Um, but obviously, yeah, they, they just they just went into that game. They looked like the normal selves uh, and just played football and played it freely. Like I said, the red card helps, but we won the game and won it comfortably. So, yeah, he's a, he's a mentality monster. He's not going to let anything slip now, now the job's already done. Well, one part of the job's done. No, well, it's, it's 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 one of those things, and I mean, to be honest, we we talk about it there. The mentality. One of the biggest things about the mentality has been your form since since the World Cup break, which is scary that yeah. I'm looking back that far because that is how long you yeah. guys are unbeaten since. Um, you did win, obviously, your last game before the uh, international break against Blackburn, but since that was enjoyable. Yes, I could. Yeah, <laughs> three three nil. I think it was, wasn't it? It was yeah. absolutely yeah. murdered him. <laughs> no it's uh one of those days to remember but um, i mean since yeah. then 20 games unbeaten um and in that only i think it's only five draws potentially 
in that 15, 14, 15 16 wins. The, the, yeah. the run you guys are on, and I mean, seven goals conceded in that, 39 scored. The, the, the numbers are frightening, to be honest. Yeah, it's like, even I weren't aware of the numbers like, like that. When you put it like that, it just puts it all in perspective, doesn't it? But um, again, we're talking about mentality, Monster. Like this, this all comes from the humbling that we had at Bramall Lane. We went one the up at Bramall Lane, got pegged five, back, two. went 2-1 up, finished 5-2. Because Sheffield United changed the way that they played, they just pinged balls into the box. And our keeper were flapping at them, the defenders were panicking. Because we are the type of team that would play it out from the back and, and pass it around. And then this championship flat-track bully came in and just sort of like bombarded balls at his head. And we couldn't handle it. So Vincent Company went away. The week after that, we played Blackburn. And I'm thinking, if, if Sheffield United could beat us this easily, then you know Blackburn could just do the same thing. Vincent worked on it, got them all heading balls, catching crosses. And then Sheffield United again tried to do it to us on uh, last, last game. And they couldn't do it. So he's gone away there. He's looked at that. He's found ways to fix that. And he's, he's made us better. Um, even when we got beat off Man City 6-0 in the cup, he said he's gone away and he's like, I need to know how we can get, not to that level, but how we can prevent, how can we can get better. Um, so, yeah, I, honestly, like I think if we'd have lost 1-0 at Bramall Lane, I don't think we'd have been as good since then. I think it's the fact that we got absolutely battered off them. And I think they went top that day. I think they overtook us and went top. Um, so the fact that they did that to us has actually helped us. So, like you said, the week after that, which was the game before the World Cup break, we won. Um, and then we've obviously not lost since. Since the World Cup, we have been absolutely fantastic. I remember the first game back was QPR. And now I remember thinking, because QPR are actually decent then. Um, yeah, it's, and, and it's we frightening were, to think that now looking back at yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they were top at one point. I couldn't believe yeah. it. And I think if Reading they beat us that day, point. true, yeah. And I, 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 I think if they'd have beaten us that day, I think they'd have gone back top. I, I might be wrong, um, but they were still up there at that point. And then we murdered them. I'm like, we're going to be actually really good again this season. Um, and yeah, since then, we've just been absolutely relentless and it's been yeah, it's been brilliant. If there is one result probably in that run, though, that might give a small list of inkling of hope for Reading fans, you're probably going to know the result I'm going to bring you back to. Blackpool, nil-nil. Yeah, How much I, I would like die for a nil-nil? Not Blackburn, yeah. sorry, Blackpool. Blackpool, nil-nil. Yeah. How much I'd die for a nil-nil right now, yeah. against you guys. What, what happened in that game? What, um, what can Reading well, do to replicate that? They just, they literally, and I, it's not a criticism. Like people always say, oh, what do you expect? Teams are going to set up against a team like Burnley. It's not a criticism at all. I respect why people, why teams do this. We did it in the Premier League. They literally just said, right, two banks of four, break us down. That you're going to have to break us down. And the strikers would sit in. Two banks of four, strikers sat in, you break us down. And you know what? We, it worked just because of that, because. Other teams have done that to us this season. Like you did it at the turf. Eventually, we managed to lay it on, admittedly, uh, but eventually we managed to, to get the goal um, to win the match. Rotherham did it, same again. Uh, Bristol City did it, same again. Stoke City did it. That were one-one to be fair, but that were earlier in the season. But there's been teams that have just sat back and got the result that they wanted. Not many, but Blackpool, one of them. Sunderland to a certain extent, but they did presses. Um, a little bit better um, but they just sat back and said break us down they didn't, they didn't try and press us they didn't come out they just sat back but we were off it that day as well I, I feel like if we'd have if we'd have been better that day we'd have been able to break them down because there's been a few teams that have done that and we've broken them down um, Preston beat them 3-0 um, Uddersfield they just sat back beat them 4-0 so the, the, if we move even if you sit back if we move the ball as quickly as we are able to do so and move it faster and drive it you as quickly as we can then we'll probably will still manage to be able to break it down and turn the screw. But there's just been some games where we just don't move it quick enough. We don't drive forward with it enough. 
Um, but there's been quite a bit of rotation over the Easter holidays, so I'm hoping we'll have some fresh legs. Well, hopefully maybe Teller and crew was on the tequilas after the Sheffield United game. Might be a bit yeah, sleepy maybe. for Saturday, but um, but uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and wait and see for that one. Um, it's a weird thing really to kind of think with, with the Burnley team, the way it is this year, kind of, I guess it's always the way with, with certain teams when they set up defensively and if they hold their shape, you're always going to have a chance. But you, you, you'd kind of, you're not going to back a team against Burnley if they sit deep, especially mm. not Reading with our defensive record to kind of hold that for 90 minutes. I mean, we've not had a clean sheet now since, uh, Christ, the first game back from the um, World Cup break. Was that December 10th or so? I think it was 11th. So, um, yeah, so even it, uh, we've tried many times to uh, try and <laughs> shut teams out and play the most anti-football you could probably either. Uh, that, it, Paul Lynch football would make Dyche football look like Guardiola, honestly. Um, but, yeah, no, we've not been able to do it. So, um I'm hoping in a strange way that we don't do that because, yeah. um, I, like I, I said, Sunderland, off, I think. Sunderland recently finished nil nil. Um, mm. but they're pressed as they got in our faces, not in an aggressive way, but if teams sit back against us, we will find a way to pass it around you eventually. Nine times out of ten, Sunderland didn't let us build any pressure up, they didn't let us because if we beat that first press, then we will then. We've got so many players and we can move it so quickly if we're on his game, then we will be able to find a way around you. Sunderland didn't let us beat that. They're in his face, making us pass it back, winning tackles. Um, I was quite impressed with Sunderland um, and how well they played in that game at the turf and, and in the first half at um, the Stadium of Light as well, but not so much in the second half. But yeah, if you're good enough and you have good enough strikers and fast enough strikers and you press us, that'll probably be your best bet than just sitting back. Hmm. Well... I was about to say Paul Lince. No, he's not in charge. Thank God he's not in charge. No, Hunt, if you're listening, get that tactic in there. Come on. Just, just. I mean, Andy Carroll or whoever you're playing up top. But to be honest, we don't know what we we're going to be playing up top because it's going to be so different. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, just just, just, just score. Just do the Paul Lince thing on the note. Shoot, score. Easy stuff. Um, <laughs> one, one thing I do remember from when we played you guys earlier in the season as well, and again, you kind of talk about it, the way you shift teams around, was um, your centre-backs, Harwood, Bellis and Bayer, um, yeah. and them almost playing balls into Zahore and your right. I can't remember who plays on the right wing. I can't remember if it's Goodmanson or um, sometimes it's Benson. It mm. depends, honestly. All throughout the season, it's changed. I don't know who mm. played there against Reading. Benson's a good one, he's just come back for injury. Um, Goodmanson's now started playing in the number 10 role a little bit. Um, there's also Teller, obviously, he's played Teller, out there a lot yeah. recently. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm guessing for the weekend it'll probably be Benson. It could it could be any any of them, but Benson, Goodmanson in behind, um, Teller, and Barnsley up top. Yeah, that'd be my guess. Fair enough. Is is the is the kind of tactic still for? Oh well, do, do you still exploit those balls from the centre backs um, through almost through the channels between left back and centre back? to get in behind because that's one thing I really remember from from Turf Moor. I can't remember how many times it happened, but it, it was too many for 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 my heart really watching it. Yeah. Um but it'll tend to be now, or just, just thinking about the Sheffield United game, it'll tend to be the fullbacks pushing forward. But again mm. that might just be the man advantage. But Connor Roberts has been absolutely fantastic since the World Cup. He's um before the World Cup, obviously, he's, he's a Welshman, um, so he's probably got half a brain on the World Cup. He was a little bit poor, a little bit slow, but since the World Cup, he's been sensational. Obviously, he scored the winning goal at Middlesbrough, the seal promotion. What he's doing at a fullback in the penalty box at that at that stage of the game, that just shows the type of style of play that we do these days. Um, so now it tends to be the central defenders 
moving everybody to one side of the pitch and then Connor Roberts kind of like hugging the the, the chalk line and then he, he will pass it out, then he will drive forward. Um, obviously, if you push us back a little bit, that option might not be there. So, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. It, they will try and get it to the wingers. Um, but Howard Bellis has been injured a bit, so we've seen a lot of Ekdal recently, who we signed in January. Um, he's good as well. Um, we've seen Al Dakil as well, who signed in January. Um, he's not quite as good on the ball as the other three, uh, but he's still a great defender. Um, so, yeah, we, we will try and do that, definitely. But um, it will depend on the centre-backs that, that are chosen. Fair enough. I mean, looking looking at some of the players, though, that have been pivotal for you this year, um, probably two you could pick out straight away. Captain uh, Brownhill and obviously Nathan Teller. Nathan Teller, your highest scorer with 17. It's interesting on the goal-scoring front, only one player with over 10 goals so far which is very odd for a team that scored so many goals, but shows the spread of goals, obviously, in your team. But, I mean, Josh Brownhill in the midfield for you as well has just been... Uh, I, can't, I, I can't remember if he's in the running for player of the season, but he... Yeah, he's, he's be been. The, he's been. He's, mm. he's the one of. I think there's been three managers nominated. One of them's Vincent, and one of the players. Um, there's been three players. One of them's Josh. Um, but you know what? Josh hasn't been as good in the second half of the season as what he was in the first. I think a lot of that is he's not been playing in that advanced role as much. Um, not really sure, but it, because because he played really well in there the first half of the season. He he then hit a bit of a bad patch of form. He wasn't horrendous, but you know he wasn't doing as as well as he was um, in the early stages of the season. Um, but now I think I think you might not even see him play uh, on Saturday. Uh, I think I think Goodmanson might play in that number ten role. Um, but yeah, Teller's definitely been the standout for me. Uh, Benson as well. Benson was so good before his injury. Uh, he's not quite hit the stride yet since his injury. Um, but we've got the three the three like out and out wingers that we have. Obviously, you've got Zorora, who um, is a bag of tricks. He'll do step overs, and you know he's left fullbacks absolutely on toast before. I remember he, he put he, he put Alan Brown on his backside so many times, and we beat Preston at the turf. Uh, but then some games he just doesn't get past his fullbacks, and he'll always cut inside. I don't know if it's a confidence thing or or whatever. Um, then you've got uh, Teller, who's just sheer pace. He's just sheer pace, but with a brilliant touch and a great finish. Uh, and then you've got Benson, who's kind of like a mixture of the two. Um, so it's going to be one of them three, um, sorry, two of them three on the wings and then probably Goodmanson in the middle with Barnsley up top, as I said. If you see Brownhill, he's probably going to be a little bit uh, deeper. But um, we have noticed recently uh, that against teams that, um, with all due respect, aren't as good as some of the teams in this league and a little bit further down the league, we don't play two in the double pivot role, we'll just play the one. So if that's the case, it'll be Goodmanson in the 10 role with Cullen playing in the defensive midfield role. So Brownhill in that scenario would probably be on the bench. But um, Goodmanson, I think, has earned the right after Saturday, uh, not Saturday, uh, Monday, to, to start on um, on Saturday. He's been a player that's been around Burnley for, for years now, it seems, as well, Goodmanson. Yeah, he's um, he's, I think I don't know when exactly it was when we signed him, but um, we signed him a few years ago in the Premier League. But he's always getting injuries, or always did get injuries. Don't know whether it was the dash style or whatever. Um, but he was always picking up injuries, so he didn't really play as much in the Premier as he would have liked. Um, and I always knew that if he got a run of games and didn't get any knocks, that he would be fantastic in this league. Um, again, he's probably not played as much as as he, as he would have wanted because of how well some of the other players have done. Um. But yeah, he, he will be very good on, on Saturday because he, he was instrumental on, on, on Monday. He didn't actually start and he came on at half-time, completely changed the game um, and was fantastic, got the two goals. 
Well, one one thing certainly you've not got at the moment is injuries. I think you've only got one noted injury, so um, pretty much a full squad mm. to to work uh, to pick from, which is which is always nice at this stage of the season. Um, yeah. Normally, I would ask at this stage as well if there's one player for uh, Noel Hunt to just pick out and mark. Who would it be? But to be honest, I kind of feel like there's going to be five, six, seven, or probably even all eleven. So it's probably yeah. redundant asking that. I think to be yeah, honest, at this point, <laughs> it's one of them. Like I think, I think if you stick two men on teller, you're just going to leave space for Zorora or space for Goodmanson yeah. or space for Benson or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's I don't know honestly. Uh, if I had to pick a man, I'd probably pick Teller. Um, mm. But Teller were pretty quiet on um, Monday. And you know we still managed to get the win, so um, he can't have quiet games, and other people just pick pick up the the slack. Yeah, I guess it's it's the it's again the 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 winning team mentality. It's kind of that team spirit, I guess that you know is shown yeah. by I guess you know the fact that goals are so spread out, assists are all spread out. Everyone's chipping in. There's not yeah. one one specific player. You can't do what uh, Neil Warnock did the other day and literally just stick stick a centre defender on. Uh, it was Brereton Diaz, I think it was, and just marked him out the game. It's like one of those things you see on five aside sometimes. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question for you now as well. Do, do things a bit differently because it's been such a special season for you guys. I think yeah. I know the answer to this one. But what what was your favourite moment of this season? Oh, you know what? It's probably the Blackburn win at home. Blackburn um, win, yeah, yeah. Better than the, prom- the promotion clinching. You know what? It- I did kind of forget about that because it has just happened, if I'm honest with you. Um, <laughs> Too drunk but... from it, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually drove up, so I couldn't even get that drunk. Yes. I had a few beers when I got back, uh, don't worry. But um, the Blackburn wins, obviously, a standout one. That second goal at Middlesbrough is a standout one. Um, the 4-2 win up at Sunderland is one of my favourites as well uh, because we were 2-0 down. 2-0 down within about 30 minutes. I remember thinking, like, wow, are we actually a little bit shit this year or are we going to be OK? Um, turned out we were going to be OK. Um, obviously, with two 0 down, ended up winning it four two with an absolute wonder goal from Zorora to make it three two. Um, it's difficult to pick one moment because of how good the season's been. But if I had to pick one right now, it probably is the Blackburn win over the over the Middlesbrough win. Um, but yeah, Derby wins that, that just was, mean so much. Yeah, they do. Especially, it's like I said to you off air or earlier in the podcast that like they were winning titles when I was a kid. I didn't see him. I didn't see Burnley beat them until I was in my mid twenties. Um, so yeah, it took a while. There's a lot of um, bitterness around the town um, from from them from them 90s, and now the bitterness has kind of switched to their side because they haven't beaten us now in 11 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully we'll beat them again at Ewood in a few weeks, and then we go up into the Premier League, and it's, it gets to about 15, 16, 17 years. I think it was 34 years that we did beat them for. Um, so I, w- I would like to emulate that but yeah it's going to take another 23 years or whatever it is um so yeah. it's probably a bit of a stretch to be honest you can need to get relegated first because they're not going up to the premier league this season i don't think so um so yeah, yeah you can need to get relegated well, for that to happen again <laughs> well that's what it, that's that's technically what happened though to us we went all the way down to division four which is obviously now league two while they were winning titles in in the premier league um so we kind of need that to happen um and i normally would say i won't wish that on anybody but mm, it's blackman so <laughs> Yeah, no, I can completely understand that. Two quick fire questions now as well. Um, cool. Score prediction for this weekend. Oh, I don't like I don't like doing this, but I'm so confident. I, th- I think we'll win three 0 Honestly, yeah. I, I know I normally try and pull it back a bit on the opposition podcast. Um, I am a bit worried about your new manager bounce. If I'll be hundred percent confident if it will pull in, one hundred percent confident. I'm now ninety five percent confident. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
I know what I'm a little bit gutted you've sacked in. It's not because of the new the new manager bounce, but like his interview after the game at the turf, like Burnley fans loved it because oh. he was proper just crying. Like these are supposedly the best team in the league, apparently, <laughs> and all this. He, he was fuming. Oh, um, don't. You, 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 I would have you, liked to have seen that again. You you didn't have to listen to all of his other press conferences, so um, count yourself <laughs> lucky. I think there was there was only one press conference where someone actually challenged him on his style of play. And I think he nearly nearly punched a wall from that because he felt so so insulted <laughs> by it. Um, it was Sunderland, Sunderland away where we lost one nil, and yeah, we played shit football. Time wasted yeah. from minute one. So but, yeah, yeah. Um, no, three three nil. I could I could see that. You know, to be honest, um, I I I'd love to say a draw. I'd love, but it's, yeah. I mean, you've conceded seven in twenty. Um, I. I always feel bad doing this, but it's I'm gonna say two nil, two nil to Burnley, not to Reading, yep, obviously. Fair enough. Two nil Burnley. And the final question, the one that I'm sure every Reading fan wants to hear, 106. Do you match it or do you beat it this year? But to beat it, we have not? to win everything. I, I I don't think we do. I, but I but I'm, I'm same as you. Like I'm looking now at the fixtures. Like there's only one game where we could potentially slip up, and that's Blackburn away. Um but then, you know, we have drawn against the lesser sides. I think you said earlier, they're the only team we have to play in the top half. Like, we've drawn. We haven't beaten Blackpool this season, home or away. Drawn against them both sides. Um, recently drew 0-0 against Sunderland, who were on horrendous form. Up Well, they were at that point. Um, uh, we drew against Stoke at home. Um, you know, we drew against... Who else have we drawn against? We drew against Birmingham away. Um, so, you know, there's been... If it wasn't for our... Like, uh, Obviously, I didn't pay too much attention to Reading in that season, but obviously I can look at the point total you got and, and completely respect it. But we had a slow start this season. Um, if it wasn't for that slow start, I think we would be well on his way to beating it. But you must have just been excellent from minute one. Like That's how you got got to that point. Because we have been so good since the World Cup break, as you've already mentioned, mm. that we just win, 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 draw. Win, win, win. Like You must have just been so good from minute one. Whereas we, the first 10 games, we weren't great. So it's a shame. I, th- I think we'll miss out because of them first 10 games, but I don't think we lose three now at the end of the season. Um, I think there just might be like maybe two draws thrown in there. You know, even on Saturday, like you, you know, somebody like that, or, or Rotherham as well, we're still going to go to Rotherham. They've recently picked up slightly, uh, not lost in three, I think it is at the minute. Um, maybe a draw at Ewood as well, you know, something like that. I, I think we just fall short. And uh, if it wasn't for that Sunderland game and that Blackpool game, I'd probably be very confident about it now. But I, I just, I think we just fall short. Well, it's 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 going to be tight, but I mean, I have to say, I hope we can pick the points up because I'm not going to lie. We need you to take points off Rotherham, QPR, Cardiff. I don't want you to beat them, to be honest, at the moment. So yeah, <laughs> it's, weird. it's a weird situation. So um, in the nicest way, please give us three points, and then we can forget about it, and then just just tank everyone for the rest of the season, please. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say yeah, I'd say yeah. Um, but I'm going down to Reading, so I don't, I don't, I don't want to drive for five hours or whatever it is. Um, I can then, tell you from experience, it's not that bad. You get used to it, honestly. You get used to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway joe thank you so much obviously for joining us today um obviously it's probably going to be the last time we speak to you guys for for a few seasons or hopefully for maybe when we're both in the premier league it's probably not going to happen though let's be honest um thank you so much obviously for 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 joining us thank you everyone for listening we'll of course be back with a post-match podcast obviously reviewing the burnley game on saturday um so yeah thanks everyone for listening and joe enjoy the premier league thank you